Welcome back, everybody. Sarcasm Speaks, Sharon and Bob. Finally back on a, a semi-normal schedule, I think. Um, I don't know the last time we recorded, actually. I have no idea. Uh, Was it last Sunday? Saturday. Last Saturday? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we had to get ahead. Everyone knows by now, but we're all caught up because this is a Sunday night coming out on Monday morning. Uh, so we're, uh, we're up to date. We're back at you. Uh, with that being said, though, that also opens us up for the Open Championship, yep. which, which is this week uh, at St. Andrews, uh, the 150th Open Championship, uh, occasionally referred to as the British Open. Um, and St. Andrews is like the course, right? It's like the first fucking golf course ever, kind of. It's the first 18 hole golf course ever. Um, it's like Mecca, right? For, for like hardcore golfers. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's just easiest to go the home of golf. Yeah. Effectively where it started. It's the oldest course in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I vaguely remember from when I used to, when I taught golf uh, for a semester at Bridgewater, um, I had like a classroom component. So I, I do remember there were, there were a couple courses that existed before it, but one of them was like seven holes. Another one was 12 holes. And then St. Andrews was the very first 18 hole course. And the whole reason why golf courses are 18 holes standard across the board or nine, you know, if you just have a nine hole course, but the whole reason they're either nine or 18 is because of St. Andrews. Um, so Essentially, every course that came after St. Andrews was like, oh, shit, we got to have 18 holes. So there you have it. It's the birthplace of, of modern-day golf. Yeah, I think the first Open Championship was a 12-hole tournament, or it was 12-hole rounds. Yeah, that, I think that, that sounds right by the RNA. Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember. Not Presswick. Or maybe it was Presswick. Could have been Presswick. Yeah, 12 whole 12. rounds and like 16 guys in the field. Oh, yeah, I was like eight dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People talk about tradition and it's like, it was like eight guys that shot a million. Yeah. Sick. Well, isn't that the deal with like Tom Morris is because yeah, every, everyone's like, oh, Tom Morris, he's like the guy. And it's like, yeah, but he he had a fuck ton of wins because he was only playing against nine other guys. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of that. It's US Open too. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> like way back in the day, someone was actually saying that nothing should count before World War One or World War Two. I forget. I mean, we do that with baseball, right? Like we say the modern day, modern day baseball versus like old timey baseball. I think modern day baseball starts in the '60s. Yeah, you know, but all but all those teams that won before then, that still counts. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I would but, say, I, I think modern's probably post-World War II. Yeah. Because like okay. the 50s seemed moderately normal. Yeah, yeah. Because um, people also do that with basketball. Like when Bill Russell, with his 11 championships, they're like, yeah, but he won like four of them when there was like six teams in the league. Yeah, but that's all hockey was at one point too. Yeah, like, I mean, this, this, this is the thing is like, when you have history, it's great that it like moved on, whatever. As long as, like, if the game was still being played the same, like, that, like that's the difference between 
saying like, oh, original six championships don't count because they only had to play six teams. It's like, well, dude, that's all the league was. Yeah, that's all they had. But like way back in the open championship when it was like not four rounds of 18 holes. Right. It's like we're really comparing that to this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know when that changed. And then it's like, the, I don't want the PGA to get confused. Like the PGA used to be a match play championship. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Like, that's fine. The format changed. Um, but I'm talking about when it was like eight guys. Yeah. <laughs> Again, eight guys shooting 300 over four days. Like, fuck is that? <laughs> On 12 holes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Fucking crazy. ass shit. It's like when, like when we play at myopia, they give you this rant about, uh, we held four of the first U.S. Opens, and we have the highest score to par. I'm like, yeah, but, like, no one shoots in the 300s anymore. Yeah. 300s is 20 over par. That's In a, num- in a number in the 300s, I think one. That's fucking nuts. Dude. But they also used to do crazy shit, like 18 holes Thursday, 18 holes Friday, 36 Saturday for the U.S. Open. Oh, shit. So, yeah, that's weird. And then, like, the playoff used to be 36. Then it was 18. Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck are you guys playing so much? <laughs> yeah, golf's done a lot of weird shit. But, again, it evolves over the over the years. But either way, it's like, so hockey and basketball, they were the same game. But some people at least, like, they're like, oh, there's only six NHL teams. And it's like, all right. And it's like NBA. It's like, oh, well, that was before the merger. It's like, Okay. Yeah. The only one that's really like modernized their championships is really the NFL because the first Super Bowl was 62, maybe. I don't know. Yep. <clears throat> and any championship before that, they've disregarded. It effectively doesn't matter. Yeah. They're like, it's oh, only, cool. It's only you, Super Bowls. Won, you won the AFL championship in like 1947. We don't get yeah, it. Or, or, or whatever it was. It may have been an NFL championship, but it's not a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting how they did that. But you know. I don't know. And it's like one of those things where people always criticize the Lakers where, you know. Oh, in well, the, yeah, that, that in one's 80s, funny. Because in the they 80s, won... they, only, they only had, they only claimed like four titles or something. Well, like And then all four... of a sudden in the mid-90s, they just absorbed the Minneapolis Lakers. I was, was going to say like four or five of their titles came – when they were in uh, Minnesota, which is okay. I'm fine with that. It's still the same team. The team moved, but they themselves weren't recognizing them. Yeah. Until like the NBA all of a sudden was just like, Hey, you're going to recognize these now. Cause now it's like you and the Celtics have a lot. Yeah. And it's like, this is goofy. That would be like, if we started claiming like no, the, I know, I I know what you're gonna say. Like, it, it's it's a little different. It's a little different because, <clears throat> let's say tomorrow, the New England Patriots move to Hartford and they become the Hartford Patriots. Yeah, and the Hartford Patriots don't say anything about any Super Bowl titles. And then fast forward like 25 years, like maybe they've won like three of their own. And then one day they just be like the nine time champions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's sort of what happened with the Lakers. It's 
they were only like four time champions or six, or maybe it was like six, eight, something like that. And then all of a sudden they added five to get to 13. And then they won the three. Was it the three? Oh, whatever. It's like, I don't know. My, my math is, is off a little bit, but it was like right before they had their three Pete or right around the time of the three Pete, they just added the Minneapolis ones back in. Yeah. So like there were programs in the eighties where it was like the four time champs, the six time champs. <laughs> and then by like the two thousands, it was the, the 13 time champs. So that was a little weird. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. This is what it is. So the Red Sox were originally the Braves. So I know the Boston Braves existed and then there was some other shit, but so I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. I don't think the Red Sox were the Braves though. I thought they were two different teams. I think, so I think what happened, let me try and read a little bit quicker through this because what this article made it seem was it went from the Boston Braves to the Boston Red Sox. And then the Boston Braves came back as a national league team. And then they moved to Milwaukee. And then Atlanta. Yeah. And then Atlanta. So it was like, um, it's almost like if, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. So they were, they went from the Braves to the Red Sox and then they just recreated the Braves kind of like the Colts, right? Like (laughs) they just like recreated the team. Um, I don't know if so Wikipedia only has I guess the rate. So from 1901 to 1907, they were the Boston Americans. Then they were the Boston Red Sox from 1908 on. But weren't they the Red Stockings at some point? Yeah. They were also the Boston Nationals, the Boston Americans. No, the Boston Americans. So maybe the, the Braves were the were It was the a Boston. separate, it was a different, I think the Boston Braves were a different franchise. So it says right here in 1907, the Boston Nationals abandoned their traditional red stockings in favor of blue. In 1907, the Boston Americans owner, John Taylor, met with a sporting goods supplier for the upcoming season. So it sounds like there were two, there's been two teams. There were, they so, were the, they were the Boston Americans and the Boston Nationals. That's a stupid fucking team. That's like the two dumbest names to be in the same town. So according to Wikipedia, the Boston Americans were 1901 and 1907. The Red Sox became 1901 and on. That's the franchise. The Atlanta Braves, current, they started as the Boston Red Stockings. Then they became the Boston Red Caps. Then the Boston Bean Eaters. Then the Boston Doves. Then the Boston Rustlers. And in 1912, they became the Boston Braves. Yes. Then for four years, they were the Boston Bees. Then they were the Boston Braves again. Yeah. See, so I knew, I knew the, one of the teams had a fucked up history where like they did, they just did stupid shit like that, where they like changed the name and then changed it back. I just wasn't sure exactly which one, 
So that article I was reading was, uh, I think, from Nick Cafardo or something. But yeah, so R. assuming R. Wikipedia, assuming Wikipedia is correct, <clears throat> that's the uh, the order of operations. That's the, that's the divide. Yeah. So let's pretend that the Boston Americans won like two World Series. And then, you know, the Red Sox for fucking 50 years claimed just their five or six, whatever it was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're just like the eight time champions. (laughs) That's what the Lakers effectively did. Yeah. And a lot of people think it was Stern because David Stern um, wanted them to start claiming them all. Cause then you could have like Celtics Lakers, like, Ooh, 16 championships to 13 championships. And they won their five in the two thousands and 2010s. Yeah. Which got them to what, whatever fucking 17, 17. Yeah. I think they're both at 17. No, the Lakers are 18 now with the bubble one. Yeah. With the bubble. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. But that was a large digression. Uh, it's open championship week. <laughs> so, so so who do you got? <laughs> Lay it on me. So <clears throat> my bets I have placed were Max Homa 200 to one way back. He's like 54 to one now. Yep. Ah, beat, beat the number. Beat the market. Yeah. Oh, great number. <clears throat> oh, uh, great number. As we did on the show, or maybe right after the show, Took Zalatoris um, when he lost the U.S. Open, thirty no twenty twenty five. I think he's still around that. I got him at twenty eight. All right, maybe I have twenty eight. I don't know. You might have got him at thirty one. I think you fired him off a little bit before me. Maybe I don't know because <clears throat> I also did the same thing in the PGA. Oh, okay, yeah, I might him. be getting them mixed up then. Um. And then today I fired Tommy Fleetwood 32 to one. So from a gambling perspective, that's what I'm looking at. Um, from a who's actually going to win the event perspective, because gambling odds are like one thing. Um, I mean, Shoffley's on a heater. I don't trust him to win. Yeah, it's also hard to win in back to back weeks. Uh, he just did. So he would have to win. Three in a row. Yeah. Wait, or he, sorry. He didn't play. He didn't start. He didn't play three, two weeks in a row. And yeah. Win. So I was going to say travelers was two weeks ago. He won back to back starts. Yes. Yeah. He also won the pro-am in Ireland. If we're counting that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. A couple people that I do like are at St. Andrews. I do. So I do like roars, even though he is the betting favorite, I don't think he's going to win, but I like him. He's played well there. He's played well this year. And uh, he's also played well in the Dunhill. Um, it's Patrick Thomas. People like Spieth. He played well there in 15, but he played well everywhere in 15. Yeah, um, I mean, that was when he was fucking... He was on a heater. Yeah, I mean, I expect Shoffley to still play well. I just don't expect him to win. 
Um, I don't like him to win, but I like Hatton to finish well. And then after that, man, I don't like anyone outside of like the top guys. So if the top, what, 12? Roars, Rom, Shoffley, Scheffler, Spieth, Fitzpatrick, Thomas, Lowry, Smith, Morikawa, Zalatoris, Cantlay. <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't make for good analysis, but I think it's going to be one of those 12. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't like the shape that Kepk is in. I don't know about Victor Hovland just in general. Burns. Yeah, he's um Victor Hovland is not playing well right now. I watched him, I think it was the Scottish Open on either Thursday or Friday. And uh he made an absolute fucking mess out of one of the holes. Uh he hit it. I forget, it doesn't matter, left or right. He missed the green bad went into the fescue and then he hit the shot from the fescue and the ball went about six inches and then he, and then he hit it again and it went almost over the green. So he, he's just, he doesn't have it right now, which uh, speaking of while we're here, uh, you can get all these odds that we're telling you at mybookie.com. Uh, make sure you go to mybookie.com and use the promo code SarcasmPod when you sign up, and they will double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks over there. So again, SarcasmPod at mybookie.com. Um, because I am looking, and I don't even see Hovland. He's thirty-four. On, on here, 34. thirty-four. Oh yeah, there he is. Yep, thirty-four to one. Which I think is too high for him. Yeah, then it's like I, I normally I would like Sam Burns, but I do think St. Andrews requires you to play a certain way, and I just don't think Sam Burns is going to do that. I think he's going to play the way that he wants to and how he knows. Yeah. And I just simply don't think that works there. So um, I am – so in the interest of full disclosure, right, I, I only have two live bets right now as it stands. I have – I also have Max Homa – at a hundred to one, I think you got him at 200 to one. Um, and then I also have Zalatoris at 28 to one. Um, I don't hate the idea of Fleetwood. I'll probably fire that off, but I am currently looking at, um, datagolf.com shout out yep. to datagolf. They're not a sponsor of the show, but Hey, fuck, they could be, if they wanted to be, um, they don't do sponsorships. It's just a fucking website, but either way, um, I think a sneaky play is Louis Oosthuizen. So looking at the course history at St. Andrews, uh, <clears throat> since 2005, they've been there three times, 2005, 2010, 2015. And when I sort by true strokes gained, um, of everyone that's played there since 2005, again, just the three rounds that have been played there. Louis Oosthuizen has played eight rounds. So he was there in 2010 and 2015. Yeah, he, he did not he, play in he 05. Won. He kicked the shit out of everybody in 2010. Yes, he won in 2010 and he finished By a lot. T2 in 2015. So his true strokes gain stat is plus 4.31 at 
the St. Andrews, uh, the old course. The person in second place is Rory McIlroy at plus 3.26. So Louis Oosthuizen is gaining more than one stroke over Rory McIlroy, who is in second place. And then the third place guy. So let, let me just explain how kind of ridiculous this strokes gained uh, stat is for Louis. So again, Louis played in 10 and 15 plus 4.31 strokes. Rory only played here in 2010, uh, finished T3 plus 326. The Did next play person in 2015. No. Uh, I don't know why didn't he play, but it says, it says did not participate. He he was a DMP. So then in third place, you have Jordan Spieth, who was in 2015, only in 15, only played in 15, finished T4 plus 3.12 strokes. Oh yeah. Roars didn't play because he hurt his ankle playing soccer. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) then let's move to fourth place. Fred couples who last played this course in 2005 plus 2.77 strokes gained after Fred couples. You ask Jose Maria Olathabal who last played here in 2005 plus 2.77 strokes after that, Nick Watney who last played here in 2010 plus 2.76 strokes. And then I'll just go down. I'm not going to read the strokes gain, but Michael Campbell only played in 2005. Alvaro Quiros only played in 2010. Sean O'Hare played in 05 and 10. Then down here at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So in 10th place at the mo- at true strokes gained, you have Sergio Garcia, who finished T5 in 05, T14 in 10, and T6 in 2015 at plus 2.38 strokes. So again, Louis Oosthuizen. Plus 4.31 strokes. The next person that's that's worth a, a damn that's played here more than once in the last 15 years has gained two strokes fewer than Louis Oosthuizen at St. Andrews. And looking at mybookie.com, shout out to my bookie. What are Louis Oosthuizen's odds? Do you happen to know? 35. 35 to one. So as we speak, I will be firing off a Louis Oosthuizen bet uh, to win 35 to one. Now, will he win? Probably not uh, <laughs> because he doesn't give a fuck about golf uh, at this point in his career. Uh, he basically has said he just wants to live on his farm in South Africa and he took the bag with uh, the live tour. So I, it's still worth five bucks, right? That's what five to win. 175 something like that something like that like yeah i'll throw five dollars on louis oosthuizen who statistically is the best golfer by two strokes off of anyone that matters over the last 15 years at this course and just for shits and giggles uh i'm just going to read you the names after sergio who is 10th uh danny willett jordan Nibruge, 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 I don't know, it doesn't matter. Martin Keimer, Retief Goosen, Robert Carlson, Jin Jung, and then finally we have Brooks Kepka, who gained 2.1 strokes in 2015, only played here once. Like the amount of people 
that like you would think, right? So like Tiger Woods uh, has played here all three. He won in 05. He didn't play in 15. Yeah. Well, he missed the cut. Um, And he he played. Yeah. He He couldn't even chip that year. Yeah. So he has gained plus 1.85 strokes at this course in 10 rounds over the last 15 years. That's pretty good with a missed cut. Yeah. And Louis Ustazen has played eight rounds. Yeah. So, I mean, what makes the open championship so difficult is they do obviously they, well, anytime you rotate the courses, it gets hard because each, each course kind of has its own unique thing and they play at each one. So infrequently it's kind of hard. Yeah. And like, it's not like a U.S. open where, you know, like, all right, well, dudes need to be far. They need to be good with it. Like, whatever. It's like, there's not a lot here. The only issue with strokes gained is the DP world tour doesn't do strokes gained and they have an event at St. Andrews every year. So a lot of these Euro fucking bums, they actually play there. They actually do know the course. So that's like why I like Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. is partially because of his performance in the Dunhill. Uh, Roars has been good in the Dunhill. Hatton, same thing. Yeah. So, um, like, those guys have at least seen the course more than everybody. And I, yep. in the, Dun- the Dunhill's like a PGA, I'm sorry, like a Pebble Beach setup. Um, you get two rounds at the old course, and it's a pro-am. Okay. But either way, most of those guys have been playing the Dunhill since – probably at least 2015. So they've got 14 more rounds than most of the Americans. Uh, and like, I know Kepka has gone over there a few times. Plus Kepka played in Europe for, before we got onto the PGA tour. Yeah. So there's a little more familiarity than you think, but the other problem with breaking this one down specifically is they haven't been there since 2015. And none of these, none of the following people, we're winning events on the PJ tour in 2015. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, true. Rom, Shoffley, Scheffler, Spieth was winning. He actually was close. I think he had like a T4 in 2015. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Thomas Lowry, Smith, Morikawa, Zalatoris, Cantlay. And until you get to DJ, who was my 13th guy. But even then you have Burns, Kepka, Hovland, Matsuyama. Like those guys were not winning in 2015 right so it's uh it's a it's a hard one to break down so um when it does come to major championships though like dude dudes who score well i like you you favor them guys who hit their irons well lean towards that it's really it's more like a tee to green kind of situation yeah especially over there with putting because the greens are usually slower um they're a little bit hairier. There's a lot more going on. So putting is a little more up to luck and just like not fucking it up. And then you never know too, with the weather, like the, I think the weather looks okay right now, but yeah. yeah. A little bit of wind. Um, but everything looks, I think seventies and sun. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be completely different than 2015. 2015 was disgusting Yeah, over there. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, someone that's good tee to green and the putting that's kind of shitty and, you know, up to luck. 
that theoretically should play into the hands of none other than Will Zalatoris. Um, the heartbreak kid. <laughs> this kid, he's he's ranked, what is he? Is he top five in the world golf ranking? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Top five in the FedEx. No, 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 not world. I, I, I was the wrong one. FedEx. He's probably top. T- he's probably 10th in the FedEx. I think I saw that today. Um, world ranking because he's never won yet. So he's probably like, yeah. So I, I don't, 30. I don't, I don't give a shit about it. His world yeah. golf ranking. I just misspoke there. Um, but I, I, there was a, I heard the stat. I think it was maybe last week or maybe it was, this could have been during the travelers actually, because I didn't really pay attention to the John Deere. So he might've been a little bit higher in the FedEx. He might've been like eighth at that point, seventh or eighth or whatever. Um, and they said, Will Zalatoris is the only person in the top 10 in the FedEx cup standings at that point that didn't have a win. On he doesn't have a win in his career. Yeah. But it's because he's finished second, like three fucking times <laughs> in the majors. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where he makes it. That's where he does it. Yeah. It's all in the majors. So I don't know. Do you think he might, do you think he like, truthfully, I know we both have money riding on him, which means he probably won't win because we cursed him. Yes. But outside of that, like this has to be the course, right? Where it's set up for him to, to not blow it. Right. Cause the U S open, really fucking tough course. Right. And he played really well and he, everyone knows he's not the best putter. Um, and those green, we were there, those greens were fucking nuts. So it ultimately kind of did him in. Um, everyone obviously knows about Augusta. Like it's like fucking ridiculous. So you, you say all the time, the story of tiger putting on a fucking basketball court, like to prep for Augusta. So there, there you have it there. Um, the PGA, um, where Southern was, Hills, Southern Hills. I don't really remember too much about that one, but it's like, <laughs> if, if he plays the same way that he did at the previous majors, you would think that like, this is the one course where he, he shouldn't blow it with the putter, right? He shouldn't blow it. So this is the thing with him is if you watch video of him putting, it's awful. It's really, really terrible. It's terrible. He gains strokes on the field putting in all of the majors. So he is better than the average PJ tour player when putting it during the majors. So he actually putted pretty well at the open at the U S open putted pretty well at Southern Hills. Um, probably just putted mediocre at the masters, but everyone sees the highlight of him missing the short ones. Yeah. And that's what it is. But it's like from distance, his putter doesn't look that gross. And that's the big thing is like, it just looks awful. Cause it's like yippy and hitchy and yeah, figure rating and signing his name weird. in the back. I don't know. It's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I also took him because he has a reputation as a gamer in these majors. I actually think this is the one that benefits him the least um, because he is really fucking good T to green. He's especially good with his approach play mm-hmm. with 
St. Andrews and really the, any of those links courses in Europe, you know, there's random humps in the ground, like balls bounce a certain way. You don't expect them to. It's like there's a so pot you, bunker in the middle of the fairway. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, good, good shots sometimes get punished and bad shots sometimes get rewarded. And yeah. um, I don't think you can, I don't think you necessarily can just like ball strike your way around. Like just, you, cause you're not just going to sit there and hit it tight, hit it tight, hit it tight, hit it tight. Right. Like, you got to kind of know a little bit what to do sometimes. Cause like yeah. certain pin locations, like you got to land it 20 yards short and let it run up. Cause it's going to, and it's like, you know, if you, if these guys normally carry their seven iron 180, well, they got to figure out how to hit it 160, which they all can do. Like, don't, yeah, please yeah. do not get me wrong on that. But it's like playing a couple shots like that. It's not a lot. Yeah. Which um, just a, as a quick tangent, I, um, I finished uh, Phil's book. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was, and uh, fucking nuts. But the, I, what stands out to me is what you had just said. You know, if they hit their seven iron one eighty, they can hit it one sixty because there was a spot in Phil's book where I forget what club it was, but he was like, you know, it's normally like a uh, a one sixty seven club or whatever, and he goes, oh, I'll just hit it one sixty four. Yeah, and then he did, and like put it one sixty four like tight. And it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's cool. You can like shave three yards off your fucking club. Must be nice. So why I ultimately took Zalatoris. So I'm going to, what I'm about to say is going to actually contradict itself because with Will Zalatoris, I do think that the field is more likely to come to him in an open championship where being that much better T to green changes a couple things because it's like, you know, you can run a two iron up there where as opposed to normally like at a Southern Hills, like you can't just run two iron, like you got to hit driver. Like, so you get options and that, that's what brings some goofy people into this. Mm-hmm. So I went back from 2013 to 2021 with anybody that had strokes gain data. So what I mean by that is like Shane Lowry was not on the PGA tour in 2019 when he won. So he doesn't have strokes gain data from 2019. Okay. The same goes for Stenson in 16. And I stopped at 13 because then it got goofy for two years. So the ranking of the winners in strokes gain approach went one, 10, 2, 12, 12, 23. That average is out to 10. So in out of those six winners, their, their ranking for the year was 10 on strokes gain approach. Strokes gain T to green, 2, 2, 2, 13, 1, 22. That average is out to 7. Strokes gain total, 25, 16, 2, 12, 1, 7. That average is out to 11. So we got an average ranking of 10, 7, 11. And Phil kind of fucked some of those numbers up because he had a 23 and a 22, or otherwise those numbers would have been very, very low, especially strokes gain approach, strokes gain T to green. Right. And last year's winner, strokes gain approach, strokes gain T to green, Colin Morikawa was one, two. Those were his rankings. <laughs> and in 2022, whatever day I did this, 
strokes gained approach. There's another guy whose strokes gained approach one in T to green two, and it's Will Zalatoris. So, um, some other guys with of amongst those two categories that are like low single digits, like top ten: mm-hmm. Thomas Shoffley, Zalatoris. And that's it. Like they're, they're top 10 in all three categories. Um, you have some other guys that are low randomly, like Cam Smith is third in approach and fifth in total, but 21st T green. So whatever you figure that out. Yeah. Um, so even though I said, you know, this is probably one where people can kind of catch them or like it brings more people into the field. I mean, those numbers are pretty fucking good in exactly last yeah. year's that's what you saw yeah like especially that t to green numbers two 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 thirteen one and then phil's fucking 22nd yeah so phil phil fucked those numbers up a little bit a little bit but he but then i but I, the reason i kept him in there is because he was also that year he was first in birdies 12th in scoring average Seventh in strokes gain total. So that's why I kept them. Yeah. Ooh, you know who's top 10 in all three of those? Shane Lowry. He's eighth in strokes gain approach, uh, 10th in T to green, and 10th total. Okay, so he's moved since I did this because he was 16th <clears throat> in one of them. T yeah. to green. So the other thing too, that I was looking up, so birdie average. Now this number jumps a little bit because one of these guys was Molinari. 16, 58, one, 22, one, one. So I used that and I was looking at it. That one's like, like I didn't rule anybody out because of their birdie average. Right. But I still like that, you know, Zalatoris is top 20. I mean, all these guys are like top 20. Like they're all just good. Yes. But then like Lowry and Lowry, Pereira, and Berger, they're all high. It's like 87, 84, 78. So take what you will from that. Yeah. I mean, let me look at uh, where is Lowry on this list? For odds, yeah, he's like twenty. That's oh yeah, way too, that's way too fucking low. Yeah, my bookie has him at nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, that's way too low. Uh, I got him on my other book though at twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's a twenty-to-one type of player. Like the other thing too is it's like so this is coming out tomorrow, right? Yes. So if you want some of these guys, you gotta you gotta wait. Like the low guys, you gotta wait because they ain't moving any further down. Like Roars is not going from eight fifty to seven to one. If anything, he's coming back. Right, right. So I would not rush to take any of the top guys. Yeah, um, like if you want Ustays, and like you gotta take them because everyone's gonna be thinking the same way you are. Like, I would not be surprised to see him get down to, like, 33. Yeah, I actually just got him at 40 to 1 on uh, on my other book. <laughs> that shall go unnamed. 
but my bookie, step up your fucking game, bro. So yeah, oh, so let's uh, let's do the obligatory because um, he's back. Ty, how does Tiger do? Makes the cut, <clears throat> finishes outside. He finishes thirty sixth or worse. I like that prediction. I was gonna say that he finishes top twenty, um, and one of the days on the weekend makes people feel like he's going to do something. So, but so, so let's, this is how I think it's going to play out, right? He, obviously he makes the cut, right? He gets through Thursday, Friday, makes the cut wherever he is. And then say Saturday, he goes out and like shoots a 75, but then Sunday he comes out and shoots like a 67. So like too little, too late type of thing. Yeah. Like one of those things or the reverse, right. Or he comes out on Saturday and shoots and goes low and then just fades on Sunday. Like, I think the, I think the two days on the weekend are going to be pretty much polar opposite. I think, I think he's, he's got, he's going to have, he's going to have some magic on one of the days. And then the other day is just not going to be there. Like I said, I don't know which order it's going to be in, um, obviously the store for the storyline, it would be better, right. If he went low on Saturday, cause then it would carry him into Sunday. And then throughout the day, people would kind of lose interest. Not that anyone would actually lose interest in tiger, but it would become less interesting as he, fi- you know, stumbles his way to a 75 on Sunday. But, you know, if he puts up that 75 on Saturday, then people are like, ah, okay, he's out of it, you know? And then, even if he did shoot a 67 on Sunday, it's like, all right, yeah, that was cool. But like you finished fucking T17. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he gets a, if he gets a decent draw and doesn't have to deal with the wind, doesn't get fucked. I mean, I just don't see him doing enough to win. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the cut line will be even maybe. So it's like, I could see him being even making it on the number and then shooting like 72 70 on the weekend. And it's just like, okay, that was exceedingly mediocre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I just don't think he's ready to go. I, I don't think he'll do enough to really fuck it all up. Imagine he comes out on Thursday and shoots a 68. That would be cool. And just says, hold my dick. I assume like par there is what? 70 i assume it's a 70 is it a 70 i assume again it's not over i know it's not overly long there yeah i don't know st andrews that well obviously it's like i know one eighteen seventeen. 17 dude i like really don't know the courses there that well it's hard to watch the fucking the open championship it's usually just on so fucking early and it's like i actually work early yeah like yeah when i can usually fuck off midday and watch i can't yeah that's the other thing um right is that it's it's on fucking uh it's on at like 1 a.m i think coverage starts yeah because they're they're five hours ahead so yeah it's usually like one or two and then like i usually don't finish my first client until 7 30 i've already missed six and a half hours of coverage (laughs) and it's like like in the summer it's like i have group starting at 7 30 so 
Yeah. I won't be watching shit. Um, and it's like I work late enough where I'm not going to wake up at two to watch. Yeah. So it is a 72. Are they going to play it as a 72? I don't know. I, the scorecard is a 72. Yeah, that's uh, what I, I, I just don't know. But it, it might be. Um, how would I find that with a PGA scorecard? I'm on it. Oh, okay. Because like the, you know, if you played there, the one you get in the clubhouse says it's a par 72. Yeah, they play as a 72. Okay. Yeah, so that's right. Like, imagine he comes out and shoots a 68 on Thursday. Fucking dickhead. <laughs> so I'm so the winner is probably going to be, I mean, depending on 20, wins, 20, somewhere. 20, 2015 was 15 under. I was going to say somewhere between 12 and 15. Yeah, I mean, like the simple math is if you birdie all the par fives, it's 16 under. Now, you obviously don't birdie all the par fives, and you also mix in some birdies and bogey, whatever. Yeah. So DJ came in at seven under in the first round 2015. And he was 10 under through the first two rounds. Yeah. And eventually, Zach Johnson won shooting. It went to a playoff. He shot 66, 71, 70, 66. So, yeah. What was the cut line? Do they have that? Is that just Wikipedia? Even par. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to have to shoot even or better. Yeah. Which I think he's capable of. I think he will. He did it at Augusta. Well, he made the cut at Southern Hills, too. Yeah. And it was smart enough not to play the U.S. Open. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's, I think there's, I think there's some, some magic left in the tank. This is bullshit. Like, obviously, Twitter is a fucking cesspool, but you hear all the people on Twitter being like, oh, uh, yeah, he's going to come out uh, and then just retire after. It's like, no, see, he's not going to fucking retire. What he said was he said this all one last time. That's because he's talking about maybe not being able to play St. Andrews again. Yeah. He doesn't know if he's going to play St. Andrews again. I don't even know. When's the next time it's scheduled to come back? I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. It used to be every five years and it got all fucked up because they were supposed to be there in in 2020. That didn't happen. So then they kicked it out to this year because it's the 150th. Right. Which means originally it probably should have been 2025. But now are they going to wait till 2027 or is it going to be 2030? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't either. Uh, all right. So I get it right here. So next year is at Royal Liverpool. Then it's Royal Troon. Then it's Port Rush. Uh, and then that's it. They only have it booked through 2025. That's probably because they're trying to figure out what to do with St. Andrews. Yeah. Like, is it going to be every five? Are they going to pick another milestone? Are they going to get back to, yeah, like the the tens and five years? Yeah. Yeah, are they going to wait and not do it again until like 2030 so they can get it on the, the, the 10 and five, like you said? I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's a real thing, right? Like this... He might never play 
St. Andrews again. Because he's, he's what? He's, 40, what? he's 46? He's 46, and we know that at least for the next three years. Yeah, it won't be here. It won't be here. So he'll be so 50. 49. Yeah, so the next time it could potentially years come back, he would be 50. At the earliest. Yeah. And he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to go out there and slap it around and fucking <laughs> finish fifth from the bottom. Yeah. Fucking yeah. say, is Sandy Lyle playing this year? Or do they tell him, like, hey, man, don't come back? <laughs> they gave him the Greg Norman. They were like, hey, man, you're not invited. Well, that was... um. Oh, it was 2015, right? They changed the rules for Tom Watson. They extended. They, they, because they have like qualifying things, right? And it was like a winner back to like whatever year, like let's call it, say it was like a winner back to like 2006, right? And then like Tom Watson, like didn't fit in that. So they were like, ah, this year it's going to be a winner back to 2005. And like Tom Watson fit that and they let him in. And then he almost fuck, he was in fucking contention. Like he, he played really well at what, what was he? 59. Uh, I think it was 59 to 2009. Went to the playoff. I think. Yeah. He almost won that. Yeah. Then he was getting exemptions for a while. And I think they age you out. I think it's like at it's on 60. So you have to stop playing. So that that's the reason why. Oh, but he changed but he, the qualification. But he got an exemption though. So yeah. he was fifty nine, which meant he should have probably played like one or two more. But he got a five year exemption for finishing second. Yeah, yeah. So he probably played until sixty four. Yeah, because they they age you out at sixty. It's like or, if, or your abilities suck or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like I read that. it. I read it the other day. Um. So yeah, this could be it. It could be the last time he goes there. So, and he's been open that it's his favorite course. Um, so speaking of uh, Greg Norman, um, we've got some we've got some more live news. So I have a question for you. Um, it's kind of a long winded one, so I'll get through it, and then I'll just get your thoughts on it. So, is the live tour going to end up being legit? So there seems to be like new joiners basically every week, right? So there have been some, obviously Brooks Kepka uh, joined in, I think after the Travelers or right after the US Open, whatever it was, um, doesn't really matter. And then last week it was announced Paul Casey is going to join. Now I know Paul Casey's old now. He's like, I think he's in his forties. He might be like 42, Um but he's he still hangs around sometimes, and he, he's he's a good he was a really good golfer. He, I think he's, he has a couple wins on the tour. Now, I, there's rumors that Hideki Matsuyama is going to join the Live Tour, and after that rumor, I've been seeing some other things on Twitter that there's allegedly now again these are Twitter rumors that there is a small group of high ranked golfers that is just waiting until after the open to announce that they're going to move to the live tour because so obviously the open is the, it's the last of the four majors this year. Um, and you know, they don't want to deal with all the bullshit of like, Oh, live guys. They're not, they are, they invited. They're not invited. They, they don't want to deal with it. So they're sticking around. And then once we get finished with the open at St. Andrews, 
they're going to announce that they're going to live too. So like I said, right? So the the very first week, Henny Duplessis, right, is the winner. Now you have, or yeah, it's the second. Charles Schwartz will uh, win. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the even better. Charles Schwartz wins and Henny Duplessis finishes second. Well, now you have Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Paul Casey, um, Tyrrell Hatton, right, is, is on there. Hatton Hatton's not there yet. Oh, yeah, but he, is he, he's going, right? Is he? Uh, oh, maybe that was one of the rumors that I saw. Whoops. Maybe Spoiler alert. Um, and then now Hideki Matsuyama is rumored. So if the rumors hold up and all of these people do go, is Liv actually going to turn into a tour, right? Like I said, like you went from Charles Schwartzel and Henny Duplessis to like now you actually have good golfers on the tour. So a few things remain to be seen. One is are they ever going to move to full field events? Now, whether they do 54 holes or 72 doesn't really matter. But when you only have 48 guys, 54 guys, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. 18 threesomes is 54 guys. Okay. Yeah. So if you only have 54 guys, where are the other guys coming from? Like what happens if someone gets hurt? Like who comes in? So you need, so you need, like, I wonder if you're going to go to full field events. You also need a feeder tour. So again, where, what happens when Lee, Lee Westwood becomes a corpse, who takes his place? Where does that person come from? Might be the Asian tour. I don't know. I think they have a deal with the Asian, they, tour. which I know that. So they do yeah. have a deal with the Asian tour. So the Asian tour could be the feeder tour, which answers my question. So it's just, that would just need to be like formalized, which a lot of those guys are Asian tour players. Like there's some dude from Zimbabwe, Scott Vincent, like he's an Asian tour player. Um, and like the same thing with the sunshine tour, like these guys don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like you want to talk about human rights shit. Like a lot of these dudes grew up in South Africa, like, <laughs> yeah, not great. Yeah. Um, so you, I, you need some formal feeder tour. You also need to figure out if you're going to have full field events or not, because you can't. So even, even if the, world golf rankings wasn't run by the competition. So like, you're going to have a conflict of interest thing and that's, that's going to be messy um, with getting uh, world golf ranking points, but either way, live doesn't meet the criteria of world golf ranking. So even if Monahan and the uh, Pelly at DP world tour and all the majors, even if they all said, Hey, for some reason, we're going to let them in. They don't actually meet the criteria yet. Their fields aren't big enough. They don't have 18 hole events. They don't have a feeder tour. And there's a couple other things. There's like seven things that they don't have. And I think they're working on it. But um, so they need, I think if, if this tour is going to be sustainable, they need a feeder, like a minor leagues or whatever. Asian mm-hmm. tour, it doesn't matter. They need to get world golf ranking points. Now, I don't know if these dudes are just going to go play the Asian tour. Yeah. Because if you put all these guys in the Asian tour, then the world golf, they're going to get a lot more world point, world, world ranking points. 
Yeah. Now, I don't know how that works out logistically, but um, some of those guys have played some of those events before. Like, Kepka's won one of them. Oh, really? Like, it, yeah, it's like the, the Dunlop. Is that, is that the Rolex tour? No, the Rolex series is just like a series of DP World Tour events that are just good. Oh, okay. No, like like there's like an Asian tour and like a Japan golf tour or something. Yeah. And there's like some Dunlop Phoenix tournament or whatever, and Kepka's won it. Like this, but but that was before that was when Kepka was still playing in Europe. Yeah. So it's like some of these dudes have played in these tournaments before. So it's like, yeah, they're gonna have to go to Japan for like a month, but like if they want the world golf ranking points, then they gotta do these things. Yeah. Um, and then if they continue to get players certain things like eventually the money can't just come from the Saudi Arabian government. Like it has to be, if it's going to last, it has to be a tour that generates revenue. Right now, Saudi Arabia can continue to invest in it as part of whatever their vision 2030 fucking whatever the fuck they're doing. But it does need to sort of like kind of run itself. Yeah. Like a little bit. Yep. Cause right now it's just a hobby. Like yeah. with a huge purse. Yeah. They're just dumping money into it, but like, what is the future of it? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is the goal to garner enough interest to then move to a full field, right? Like maybe they decided to do the, the 18 threesome shotgun start maybe for the first season because they weren't confident in how many guys they were going to get. But like maybe they get through the first season and they're like, dude, we can we can run like a full field event like we can do like we can have like 150, maybe not 150, but we can have like 110 guys, you know, or like 90 guys like we can do that. Like yeah, maybe if, maybe they're able to do that next year for the second season. And if they hit an average of like 70 or 75, then that qualifies for world golf ranking. Yeah. So, I mean, out of their seven shortfalls, they could knock out two pretty quick. They could just uh, address a formal relationship with the Sunshine Tour and the Asian Tour or in Japan, whatever, Korea, whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. Um, and they could increase their field size and then they're good. Shotgun starts will be gone, but whatever. Yeah. It'll probably actually just make more people happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I do have concerns like with the actual business. Um, I just wonder what is, what's the goal here? Yeah. Like, is it supposed to be self-sustaining or is it supposed to just be like a money laundering thing? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I mean, unless question. they're just content with each year, we're going to pump fucking 2 billion into this thing. Yeah. And they just, it's just going to be our way to move $2 billion around. All right. I guess. Yeah. Which is I don't know. Like it's just strange. Change. It's just like strange. It's a really, really, really strange yeah. type of thing. Because like we don't have it. We don't really have anything like that. Like the only thing the US government owns is government agencies in government. Yeah. It's things. weird usually right when the government gets involved with sports too like like the def deflate gate thing 
like went to fucking Congress or yeah, something. Yeah, but even like, but that was just a hearing. It's like, yeah. Like, okay, so our government owns the military. Our government yeah. owns the treasury, but those are essential functions of the government. Like the United States government doesn't own the NFL. Correct. So it's it's a it's a weird arrangement because yeah, on one end, people are like, oh, this will never work. They'll just pull the plug one day. And it's like, dude, our government wastes a lot of money on a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> and we don't even have fucking oil money. Yeah. So so let's just say like for shits and giggles, right? So let's say that Hideki Matsuyama actually does join the tour. Yeah. And then now we're projecting it out for the last half of 2022. So throughout the last half of the year, over the course of the next five months, say you get Cam Smith, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of Sam Burns, here. Sam Burns, Corey Connors. Um, and I don't know, maybe a couple other guys, right? Like, a, like a Gary Woodland or even Hovland and a Victor Hovland, right? Like say those five guys or however many end up committing to the live tour again, over the course of the next five months. That's a lot more legit of a field than I think the, that first event was in uh, London. I think one of the more, and I, I, I feel this way. I don't know if I'm right. I think one of the more realistic end goals is somehow a partnership. I think the PGA Tour will have to give in if their guys continue to go. Yeah. And then, well, that's the other half of it too, right? Like if you do lose like a, a Hovland, a Woodland, um, Cam Smith. Yeah. Then you know, you're all, so then I think, well, only- Cam Smith is a, is really not the best example. Cause he doesn't really give a fuck about money. He's like the, he's the Australian Louis Eustazen. Yeah, but that's fine. But, but he, he's a guy who could easily go. Yeah. Too, because he's Australian. He's not American. He doesn't have right. to deal with this. Right. Yeah. So then like, you know, throw in a sand, like particularly the young guys, right? Like if you lose Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, Cam Smith is younger. Um, so maybe I don't really give too many shits about Gary Woodland, but say he, he's, he still kicks around. Right. Um, Taylor Gooch is already over there. And then I don't know who's another like young guy that, that might fucking, like a Cam Tringali or like a Cam Young. Like, well, Cameron Young would be one because he's actually, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you start to lose like some of the younger guys, I think the PGA is going to fucking shit themselves. Like, I think they're going to have to have like a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, no, they'll, I think what'll have to happen is they'll have to be some type of partnership or relationship where, the guys are allowed to play both. I think that it's going to have to happen if guys continue to leave. Yeah. Because you can't just roll. Roars, JT, Spieth, Morikawa, Shoffley, Scheffler, Rom, Cantlay, and like some of the other Europeans. They don't play every week. Right. And well, if you, you know what that turns into, and then like if, you, if start, you have those eight guys that are just at the top every week, that's NASCAR. 
Yeah, but they don't end up at the top. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. They don't end up at the top every week. Like, you only get oh, that yeah. every so often. But it's like, not only do they not play the same events, so now if you want them to play together, like, if you want them to get out there together and, like, maybe duel it out, well, then you're going to have another John – you're going to have more John Deers. Yeah. And then if you fragment them, well, it's like, oh, Chef, who'd Scheffler beat? Oh, no one. Right. But, I mean, the more people that leave, the more opportunity you have for guys to win. I don't know. So, it's like you could get some replacement there. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think the most likely situation is eventually I think we get to some type of partnership. Yeah. And it, it'll be much to the dismay of the PGA Tour. They will not like that. <laughs> no, but, like, what, are you, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I, like if there's a rival league with better golfers or a yeah. better product, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. Majors are not majors. And again, these guys can go play the Asian tour, the sunshine tour. Like, and if they collude together, where like, if eight of them decide to go, well, now you have a legitimate tournament. Right. Or like, even God forbid. And I mean, like the poor guys that are on that tour making like fucking <laughs> 75 yen. <laughs> if all 48 guys decide to go or like they work it out that way somehow yeah so now your live field is now buoyed by like another 100 guys so you have a full field event and then but it's like it's got all of these players yeah like dude that's gonna be stronger than a pga tour field yeah yeah it's interesting something to keep an eye on. So that's, like I said, that's why I brought it up. And I know there's like, so far there hasn't been any big young names, right. Outside of Kepka and Taylor Gooch. Right. Cause like yeah. Dustin Johnson is what? 37. Something like that. Um, Paul Casey is like 42. Bryson. Bryson's the youngest. Probably. Bryson. Yeah. Bryson is one. I forgot he, he was there too. So you have Bryson Gooch and Kepka. They're all like right around 30 or younger and they're all good. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, like I said, like if it's just a bunch of like Paul Casey's and Gary Woodlands that end up leaving PGA tour probably is going to be like, ah, fuck it, whatever. It doesn't matter. But if it, like I said, if it does end up being the, you know, the Victor Hovland, the Sam Burns, the Cam Young, then they're going to have some bigger problems. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll continue to see. Yeah. Uh, totally random. Um, do you have any interest in going to the, uh, the, the Bolton event? Very minimal. Yeah. Very minimal interest. So I've played out Labor there. Day weekend. I've played out there before. So I, 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 I know the course been renovated, whatever. So I played the international. I played both, both courses. Um, I don't know what the situation is going to be. So first of all, it's in Bolton, right? Yeah. It's about an hour. So I drive an hour. All right, fine. Then I don't know what the parking situation is going to be because I assume it won't be on site. So where is it going to be? Because it's not like TPC Norton where you have shantytown, but you also have like <laughs> designated parking spots. 
like, is it going to be shuttle here, shuttle there, like fucking park in Worcester, shuttle back to Bolton? Like, is it, I don't know what that, like that logistics going to be. There is plenty of space. It's, it's similar to Norton where there's tons of fucking space out there where like they could just take like a field and like, all right, fine. Tell spots. Now, I also know it's like there are hotels and shit on this, or there's a hotel and like a wedding venue. So maybe there is enough parking on site. I don't know. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, it's really like the Bolton thing. I think that's the big one for me. <laughs> Just because it's in Bolton. I don't want to go out to Bolton. It's not that far. I know, but. It's literally right up 495. I know. Well, kind of for me, for me. Yeah. It's off the highway a little bit. Let me see. The international golf. Uh, it is 50 minutes from my house. Yeah. I just don't know if I care. Yeah. Cause remember, <laughs> well, so remember, remember this, what happened in terms of like spectating when we we're at the US Open, what was it? What was the main impression? It was hard to spectate, right? Well, yeah, because you can only see who's in front of you. Well, no, it's not even not only that, it's like it's it was hard to get around the country club. Right, right. Now the international is a little bit newer, so it's probably a little bit easier to get around. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you right now, those holes are by themselves. So yeah. it's like Whereas at Norton, you know, if you could stand by two fairway, you could see one T, you could go stand by four and see five. Like they're kind of, kind of isolated. Yeah. And it's yeah. a massive property. So um, I think the best way to watch golf is on TV. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So if I, if I care about the golf, cause I don't care about the course. Yeah. So if I care about the golf, I'll just I'll just watch it at home. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah, I think because because the other thing too is it's like all right. So even if I meet you at your house, like what are we gonna do? Get fucked up and drive an hour back? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's like the other thing is like part of going to the tournament is you drink a bunch. So it's like, dude, like that ain't driving twelve minutes back to the house in Mansfield. Yeah, I mean, I drove home from. Jamaica Plain. I mean, I didn't drink that much, but it was an hour. Took us took us an hour to get from Boston to here. Gross. It probably yeah. actually takes less time for me to get to Bolton than it does to get to Brookline. <laughs> um, I'm dead zero. I'm going to put that in my GPS now. Where's the country club? So the, the international was 50 minutes. The country club, 46 minutes. <laughs> literally like the same yeah, amount of time. straight though yeah 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 i don't know my so my interest level is low minimal i'd really go play somewhere well the other thing the other downside to that if you want to call it that is it's labor day weekend yeah so the labor day weekend aspect doesn't really bother me because I'm, i don't have plans and yeah and i can tell you for certain i will not have plans because that's three weeks before our wedding and i'm going to yeah. be in full-on like I'm not spending a fucking penny. Like I'm, I might eat ramen for the three weeks leading up to the fucking wedding. <laughs> Why you'll be poor after the wedding too. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I mean, again, it's like, if I care about the golf, I'll just watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't care about the course, the property, nothing. Yeah. But like us open venues, I care about. Like I would, I would consider going to Pinehurst in 2024 if I can get around out there next year, because not only will I, it's a historical spot, but that's the thing is there's no history of this shit. So it's like, yeah, but, but, but even pumpkin Ridge, like tiger woods won a am or a junior am there. I forget which one. So it's like, I would have watched that like in person if I could. Yeah. I have no use for the international Trump Edminster. I don't even know where else they're going. There's another Trumper out there. I, I just, I don't care. Yeah. I could give a flying fuck less. <laughs> and it's like, even like Norton, like Norton was good. I get to see some pro golfers hit some balls. That's, that's fine. But it was convenient. Well, I was going to say the biggest part about Norton is that it was 15 minutes away. Yeah. And it was 20 minutes from the gym, even when I didn't live in Mansfield, like yeah, it was, everything about it was convenient. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, like, that's, you absolutely nailed it. Like the whole thing, like Norton, like there's, it's not like there was history, right? Like they fucking canceled it. Like they no. care. They, they didn't care they that cared much, so about much it, that they're never coming back. That they're never coming back. Um, but it was literally, it was 15 minutes away. So every yeah. time it was here, I was like, yeah, I'll fucking go watch it. Like I want to go there. Cause it's down. It's quite yeah. literally down the street. <laughs> Yeah, like I kind of want to. There's an event at Ma, uh, at uh, Marion outside. Oh yeah, yeah. Philly. It's in Pennsylvania. I forget where it is. Yeah. And it's like I kind of want to go. It's it's not even the U.S. Open because the U.S. Open doesn't come for eight years. It might be U.S. Am. It's like I kind of want to go because Marion's fucking sick. Yeah. But like, that was in Phil's book. <laughs> Oh, 2013, they played there. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the trash? That was the trash can. Yeah. Right. No, that was Wingfoot. Oh, yeah. In New York. No, Marion was the, the like 270 yard par three or whatever the fuck they had. I don't know. It was something crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he chipped in for Eagle. I thought he was going to win and he just fucking didn't. Um, no, but they go to, it's Pinehurst. It's another one for the U S open that I would consider going to, but again, it's because like, yeah, they're probably going to Shinnecock at some point. I can't remember the other one now. Um, I mean, they're going to pebble, but I wouldn't attend pebble. That's too far of a flight. Yeah. That's to watch, to watch golf. That's I'm not flying across the country to like, I'm not going to fly five hours to watch golf. No, I'd play, but I would. Yeah, exactly. Like I would, fly, I would fly five hours to play. Oakmont. But I'm not go. I think Oak. I think they're going back to Oakmont, and I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, Oakmont is 2025. Okay, so like I would go to those places. Yeah, but that's because there's been U.S. Opens there before. Not nothing easy and nothing convenient about anything with those. Yeah, but yeah, the international just does nothing for me. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're at Marion in 2030. I think there's a USAM coming though. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, uh, you want to wrap this up? We can wrap this up. Um, so I saw Thor this weekend. Oh, it was, sweet. It was opening weekend. Uh, so I won't go too much into it. Um, I think it's worth seeing. 
if you guys have the time, because if you liked Ragnarok Mm -hmm. or Thor's performance in Infinity War or Endgame, then I think you will like this movie because it mixes a good enough amount of humor and action that makes it very enjoyable. Um, I also still wonder, one of my takes with Thor is if he is that powerful, how do they ever lose? (laughs) <laughs> like how do the Avengers ever lose if Thor is as powerful yeah. as he is? Yeah, yeah. If he is <clears throat> indeed a god. <laughs> yep. Which they make that very clear in this one. Yeah. Um, very god focused. So I know you haven't seen Thor. Have you seen Borderline everything else? Yes. The only thing I have not watched is Miss Marvel. Me neither. I'm waiting Amy, for the six to come out. So... Amy and I watched the first episode yep. and we were like, this is fucking terrible. I'm not watching this. Ooh, that bad, huh? It was, um, it's a kid's show. Oh, is it? It's, it's basically like she's 16. Like everything that's in it is like, she like sneaks out of the house to like go to a party. Like she's not an actual superhero. She gets a superhero from like, uh, like fucking goosebumps. Like she like puts on uh, this fucking thing and becomes a superhero. You know what I mean? Like it's not okay. It's it's dumb. Whatever. It's very. It's. It, I was gonna it, wait for all six to come out anyway. The first and maybe it's a it, maybe it's a Marvel thing where like it gets better. But like I read a bunch of reviews and everyone trashed it, which was really funny because like the the critics right are like, oh, it's incredible. This uh, because she's also she's she's, she's Pakistani. Uh, The actor or the character? Uh, both. Okay. Um, I think I think both, but at at least the character. There, the family is Pakistani, and she becomes superhero. So, so like that, like supposed to be the first Muslim superhero, right? Yeah. So, like the professional movie critics are like, "This is phenomenal. It's great." They gave it like fucking five stars across the board. But then you go to like the regular people reviews. And it's like, this fucking sucks. Like, this is good. <laughs> like, this is not a good series. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give it, a, I'll give it a shot when all six are out. The sixth one comes out Wednesday, I think. Yeah. If it sucks, it just will stop or not pay attention to it, whatever. Um, so, the, so outside of Miss Marvel and Thor. Yeah. I've, I've seen them all. Where, where the fuck is this series going? Like, where the fuck is this phase going? Um, I, what are we leading towards? I thought it was leading towards the whole like celestial thing, right? Like, but that was like the whole part of the Eternals. Like, yeah, like the whole Eternals buildup was like, now we know we have these celestials. And then also with what if, like, I don't know if the watcher is technically a celestial, but you know that like, there's these like greater than otherworldly creatures right like you have the watcher you have the celestials you also have the dude at the end of loki who was like the time guy came came the conqueror came the conqueror right so you have like all these people that are like you know the 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 bigger than gods right essentially right like i, I don't know but i have no fucking clue where this phase is supposed to be going because it so seems to be all over the place Cause I was going to say, so again, without getting into Thor, um, obviously Thor is a God mm-hmm. and the gods are a major theme of that movie. 
Yeah. So you got gods again. So we have celestials, we have gods. Yeah. Well, we also have like the mystic art side. In yeah. the mystic art, like, so we have Doctor Strange, we had Spider-Man. Yep. Um, we have the, now we have the multiverse. Loki. I say all the time, it's my favorite thing is they, they've done an elaborate beer fest. Right, they leave the they leave the door open to just bring back any character that's died. Uh, see, uh, I like did they see, did with they did with Gamora. Right, they say, killed Gamora see, and then brought her back. <laughs> someone's review was like one thing. It's like no one is ever dead anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's like okay, so if you have like so the god side of things, you have Eternals, Thor, and pro- I think you could mix. No, 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 no. Sorry. So like those are like the two that are kind of like mixing in like the God stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And maybe Moon Knight. Cause it's like, you got the Egyptian thing. Yeah. Moon Knight was a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. With the so, Egyptian gods. Yeah. So you got something going on there. That was sneaky. Good. Moon like Knight Moon was Knight. like sneaky, really good. Um, so then you also have like the mystic arts and multiverse side. That's is Dr. Strange, Spider-Man, Loki, Wanda. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, and it's like those. So like you, you know, like the the god and celestial thing going on, and you got like the multiverse thing going on, and I don't exactly see how you get from A to B unless it's like a Kane the Conqueror type thing, like links the two. I like I don't. Yeah, I don't really know how that mixes, and it's like. Okay, so if we don't know how those mix, then how the fuck does Hawkeye and Kate Bishop and So that's what I was just about to say is Hawkeye has nothing to do with any of it. Like Kate Bishop is just kind of like there. Yeah, and then it's like, but like Yelena is yeah. like with her. Right. And it's like, does that go to Falcon the Winter Soldier at all? And then like, what about Elaine? Like her it character? Almost, yeah, like how yeah, does Elaine, Elaine. Like, how does she fit in? Purple haired Elaine. Because she showed up. Elaine showed up in Black Widow and Black Widow and at the end and of Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. I almost feel like they're kind of trying to do what Netflix did with the Defenders. Like they're taking like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye and Yelena and they're trying to build like a universe within a universe. So it's like, you know how Netflix a had the Defenders verse. Yeah, a teeny verse. Yes. <laughs> that's just like slavery with more steps. <laughs> so they're trying to do like the teeny verse, right? And then I don't know, because it seems like there's zero tie, right? Like Amy and I actually said that like maybe last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about it. And she actually is the one that brought it up. She was like, because we had just rewatched... Um, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, one of them. We just we just watched we've watched both of them recently, um, but we just had rewatched one of them. And after we watched it, she turned to me and goes, "You know what I was thinking is like Falcon and the Winter Soldier seems like a, such a waste of everyone's time because like it doesn't tie into anything, and it's like no one talks about it. It's like and there's its two thing. years before we even get because like the the next Captain America movie with Sam is supposed to be 2023, so it's like yeah, you did you did your series." And another thing, one because I, I just like read the random shit online. Yeah, it's like seems to be introducing a lot, a lot of characters. Yeah, like John Walker got introduced. 
Okay, where, where are we at with him? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we have a new Captain America. Okay, well, where are we at with him? Yeah. Elena, like, what is actually her deal? Yeah. Kate Bishop, what's Black going Knight, on there? The Black Knight. Who's the Black was, Knight? Um, Kit Harrington. Oh, yeah. Where did he show up? Ching Chi? Eternals. Oh, Eternals? Yep. Yeah, so it's like all of the Eternals characters. And then it's like, okay, spoiler alert. If you don't want any spoilers, go away. <laughs> and then it's like, well, the movie's been out. It's Doctor Strange. So it's like R- Reed Richards showed up. Yeah. There's a new Captain Marvel. It's yep. Maria Rambo. Yes. Well, we also got introduced to her daughter, Ma- Monica Rambo in WandaVision. Yeah. And then Charlie. Char- Charlize Theron, yeah, Charlize Theron's character at the end of Doctor Strange, like, where are all of these people gonna go? Yeah, wait, Charlize Theron was in Doctor Strange, like the the post whatever credits. What was she doing? She shows up. So remember, so do you remember the like how Doctor Strange grew the third eye or whatever the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then that was like the mid credit scene. Then the post credit scene was he doesn't have the third eye. Charlize Theron shows up, opens up some type of portal, and then his third eye shows up again. They jump through the portal. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah. She was like Cleo or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's like, okay, so who the fuck is she? Never mind. Like Shang-Chi was a standalone movie. So where the fuck are we going with him? Yeah, Shang Chi didn't have any, any tie. They didn't have any crossover. Wong. Wong was the only one. Wong, yeah, that's right. It was just Wong. An abomination. Wong. Abomination was in it, which that goes way back. Yeah. Never mind. We still have a, I think another Captain Marvel movie, and then there's also the Skrull invasion show. Yeah. So how the fuck are we gonna go from new Captain America? Yelena and Kate Bishop, Celestials, the yeah. multiverse, Kane the Conqueror, gods. Like, how the fuck is all of this going to connect? And how the fuck am I supposed to keep track of it all? Yeah, it does seem like it's gotten to be a little, a bit overwhelming, right? Like, there's, there's a lot going on. I think part of that has to do with the TV shows, right? Because this is what, phase four? The, yeah. first, the first three phases didn't have TV shows. And what some dude was saying was phase. And like phase one was kind of like by accident. Like phase, phase one, phase one wasn't planned to be phase one. No, I but think, phase one was very simple because it was like, hey, these are who these superheroes are. They're yeah. going to come together and culminate in, yeah. in Avengers one. Yeah. It's like, then it's like, hey, here are all these people that you've already met again. Here's another adventure they go on and it's going to culminate with, with Avengers 2. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly. then it's like, here's a couple more adventures. We'll introduce a couple people here and there because we still need a new Guardians movie. So I don't know how the fuck that fits any of this. Yeah. And a Black Panther movie. So yep. then it's like, it's like right, here are a couple new people. Oh, and by the way, there's this one badass guy that's going to fuck everything up. So we're all going to work towards getting him out of here. Yeah. And now we finally got him out of here and now we're just going to go crazy. We're going to have six different plot lines going for phase four at once. And we're not really going to bother about tying them all together because we don't have to because multiverse. You're going to fucking watch anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I just wonder. Yeah. It feels almost like um, the Spider-Man. Well, so I know Spider-Man is, is, 
it's weird because it's it's split between Sony and Marvel anyway, but it feels like they literally just did that movie for like nostalgia. It was it's it almost feels like Star Wars in a way when they came back for episode nine and was like, hey, we realized that we fucked up on episode eight. So like, here's a bunch of nostalgia. And it's like it, you could- it's like, hey, we kind of realized that like all the shit we're doing doesn't really connect and make sense. So like, here's nostalgia. No, you know what's going to fucking happen? <laughs> because the people behind Marvel aren't stupid. Like we're just sitting here being like, how's this all going to connect? Well, they already know how it's all going to connect. Yeah, we don't. They right. do. Right. It's going to connect somehow. And the shit that happens in Spider-Man, even looking at it going like, oh, that was useless. Or yeah. like looking at Winter Soldier, like, oh, that was useless. It won't be useless. Just like the fucking second Thor wasn't useless. Now, right. do you need to see everything to get it? No, you don't. Because I still haven't seen the second Thor. I think I fell asleep during it. <laughs> but like, I got no use. Like, I'm not, I'm not watching the second Thor. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need to know it because one of the Infinity Stones showed up. Don't know which one. Don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. The elves so, come out of Mordor and fuck shit up. It's basically all yeah, that happens. Like, like <laughs> what is that? Lord of the fucking rings? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that the Hobbit? Like you could have told me that that was anything. And I'll be like, uh-huh. Sure. Yep. Don't care. Yep. Um, so like, it's all going to like somehow work out, connect. I don't know how I still, like, obviously I don't know how, but yeah. Like we're going to look back at that Spider-Man movie. Cause it, it, cause as it stands right now on July 10th, it seems like the Spider-Man movie, all it did was set up the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. But it's like, you didn't need a movie to set up the Doctor Strange movie. No, you didn't. And then, what was it? The Doctor Strange movie was more important to watch What If than anything else. No, WandaVision. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, WandaVision obviously helps, but like outside of that, like it doesn't really, you know what I mean? Like it, you didn't have to watch anything else. Like you could have watched What If and WandaVision and like you're good. Yeah. And, and it doesn't like lead into, it doesn't seem to lead into anything either outside of Charlize Theron and Doctor Strange with three eyes. Yeah. Cool. He's the three-eyed raven now. Like, what the fuck? Now, I could def. Well, see, this is the thing, though. It's like I can see, I see like diff- three different categories almost. Like, you have play the hits, which is new Hawkeye, new Hawkeye, new Black Widow, new Captain America, and yeah. Bucky. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are play the hits. They are like the Avengers. And then you have the whole mystic arts thing. I don't know how the fuck that's going to connect or work or whatever. And it's like, that could connect to Loki, which then could connect to Thor. So it's like, you could get like all of that and Shang-Chi would fit that. And if Thor's involved, then you could theoretically say that like the Eternals could get involved too. Like that could be like a thing or if they all work towards again, towards or against like either Kane the Conqueror or the Celestials, whatever. Like you could do that. Yeah. Then that's going to, then they're going to bring in Fantastic Four for that. If they do the Celestial thing, which they've already alluded to, but it's like, do we really need more? Like now do we need more? Yeah. Cause like, if you go through the roster of Endgame, it's, it's a little overwhelming how many fucking superheroes they really were. Oh yeah. Yeah. Endgame was fucking nuts. 
So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but they, uh, so I, I enjoyed Thor, but that's you know, those are my impressions leaving. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Good. A lot. Where of are we going here? Yeah. Uh, all right. My final thought uh, actually is going to be pretty quick. Um, unfortunately, uh, I don't. I know he, he doesn't listen to the show, but uh, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Ian Ian McMillan, friend of the show. Um, unfortunately, uh, his dad passed away uh, this week, I think. Um, so he, he put it out on Twitter and had this whole post and, um, seems like a good guy, right? Like, you you know, obviously like Ian, Ian seems like a a good guy. Um, haven't met him in person, but I've talked to him enough on the internet and on this show. Uh, but again, real quick, final thought, just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Ian. Hope everything's good. Like I said, I know he, I don't think he listens to the show, but, um, it sucks, right? You know, I've been there. So I think he was back there too. Yeah, he did. He, he went back to Canada. Uh, he, he was in Canada like two or three weeks ago. Um, and then he just went back there, you know, last week or this week. Um, so at least he got to be there. Um, so again, friend of the show, uh, sucks, but if you, if you follow him on Twitter, send him uh, your well wishes. So it's, uh, is it Ian MacBets on Twitter? Yep. So spelt uh, Lane with an I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I-A-I-N. Um, all right. So that's it. That's all we got. So thank you for watching. Uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, click the subscribe, thumbs up, like, rate, review, all that stuff. Tell everybody you know about the show. If you're an audio only, still, you know, subscribe, pass on the word. Uh, thank you to grillyourassoff.com. Uh, I made, I smoked some ribs today. I used the grill your ass off pork seasoning, the infidel pork rub, which is fucking delicious. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones that they make. Uh, you can get 10% off your order. I know inflation, uh, times have changed. It's 10% off now across the board. It used to be 15. Hopefully you guys used the promo code before when it was 15 and you would have, you would have taken advantage of it, but now it's 10%. Um, I just ordered some more stuff. I got the, uh, I got two bottles of hot sauce and a new a bottle of uh, Cajun rub seasoning that just came in like three days ago. Uh, and I used the promo code SarcasmPod and I got 10% off. You better believe I used my own promo code. Why wouldn't I? Uh, so again, grillyourassoff.com, promo code SarcasmPod gets you 10% off every single time you check out. Uh, you get us on Instagram at SarcasmSpeaksPod. We're on Twitter at Sarcasm underscore Speaks. Facebook is Sarcasm Speaks. The website, Sarcasm Speaks. All that fun stuff. Uh, So until next time, good night, everyone.